Welcome to the NDIS Property Australia podcast. Before starting this episode, we need to provide a general disclaimer. Information contained in this podcast is general in nature only. It does not take into account the objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular person. You need to consider your financial situation and needs before making any decisions based on the information in this podcast. And you should consider seeking independent and professional advice for your personal circumstances. All right, let's begin. Hi guys, it's Matthew from the office at NDIS Property here. Today we're with Hong from PPC Urban and we'll be talking about town planning and its impact on buying an SDA property uh, and how it impacts on obviously going forward with acquiring land and developing in residential areas as opposed to estates um, and that sort of thing. So hi, hi Hong, how's it going today? Not too bad. And you, Matt? Yeah, not too bad. Excellent. Um, so can you just please just tell us a little bit about PPC Urban and what you guys do? Excellent. Um, so PPC Urban, at PPC Urban, we specialize in town planning and market analysis. So our job is to help the clients to buy the suitable land, suitable sites, and to understand the market opportunities and come up with a strategy to invest. Uh, so you spoke to one of our clients early today. And what sort of questions came up in relation to town planning and its impact on buying an investment property? Uh, thanks, Matt. Um, so this client has owned a big piece of land, 8,000 square meters in Melbourne. And right next to the shopping center with great potential, he can do anything with the site. So the question he can, he asked me was, what can I, what can he do with the site? What's the best use? And what product, how can he maximize the return on investment? And we explored a few different options, particularly from the market perspective, from two perspectives. One is from the market opportunities. And also from the town planning, what he can, he can't do under the current planning controls. Um, so NDIS certainly came up as one of the preferred option. But having said that, we explored medical center, day hospitals, childcare, and just normal housing subdivision. Um, yeah. So NDIS came up as a preferred option. That's an option. Yep. Yeah, and in that, and then we talk about, okay, from the planning perspective, can we accommodate all the thinkings here? Yes, it is okay, because residential zone and all users he described, he wanted to do, or can be facilitated. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then and then following that, he was asking me, okay, in NDIS, there were so many categories and design type and the yep. sizing, what he, what he can do with it to maximize the return. So we had a look at the supply and demand, how many participants in the in the pipelines, how we Excellent. could help out. So lots of advice we I gave to him today is beyond a normal planning firm would would give because mm-hmm. it's more planning. They deal with the planning regulations yep. only. Yep, but we are yes, we we cover that. We help the clients understand what he can he can do under the planning control. But in a, on top of that. 
we are planners with very strong commercial mind. We help them to understand the demographic change, the supply and demand, and helping the product selections. Excellent, excellent, awesome. So, I guess on that note, um, just to I suppose go back a bit, in terms of a town planner, um, what's what's kind of the role of a town planner? I suppose. So, so most of town planner will be pretty much dealing with the planning application front. At that time, the the clients will have chosen a product mm. or a, a range of products. Asking the client, the planner say, "Can can that be achievable? Can that, is that achievable under the planning requirement? The yep. zoning, the overlay, the high controls." But they would not. Normal planners would not go down to the path and explore what other options from the market perspective, because in the end. You can design something very beautifully, but if you if you don't get if you don't meet the market requirements, a gap opportunities here. What's the point? You yeah. you won't yeah. sell or you exactly. won't lease mm-hmm. in the, in the NDIS setting. So that's why we come into a play, into the into the stage here to discover how the market is performing, what's the gaps here, how mm-hmm. we can design development to cater for that needs. Yep. And then we take the clients through to the town planning application to get mm-hmm. a government to get a council approval. Yep, yep. So, in terms of um, town planning, can you just speak a little bit about how important that is for SDA specific properties? Yes. Um. So, yes, as you said, Matt, town planners are very important in the develop in the property investment development area areas. And as a planner, we need to be able to implement the town planning policies into good quality design outcomes. And each size unique. Um, we need to be able to understand the development requirements for both clients and council and communicate with all parties effectively and get eventually get approval in yes. a very timely yeah. manner. Yeah, and of often, yep. as we all know, they take six, six months. As yep. a as a rule of thumb figures, the time yes, frame yeah. it's taking a while. So how you can get the approval in a very timely manner is really key because you save your money there. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I feel like a lot of people who, when they're building um, a block of land, uh, building a, a property, an SDA property, they think about the build times and they don't really think about kind of the planning or what goes into it before that actually. That actually can occur. That building can occur. Yeah. 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 I agree with you. Yeah. So Hong, what needs to be considered in terms of council regulations uh, for SDA developments? I think. Um, thanks, Matt, for the question. A couple of things. One is the land use, and the second part is the build, the build form of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in terms of location, council. Some councils has got its preferred location, has its policy. And in terms of the council regulations, we come, we often consider from two perspectives. One is the zoning, the land use location. And secondly is the building, the build height, the build form of the development. Um, so in terms of location, some councils has got its policy, the, the town planning policy, stating the preferred location for this type of accommodation. And also, you where where the SDA accommodation can go in it is largely within the residential areas. And secondly, when we talk about building regular town council regulations, we are looking at the build 
the height of the building and also the appearance of the building mm. and yeah. how they will look like, whether they fit into the neighborhood character here. Um, and on top of that, often planners are, conce- are considering on-site and off-site amenities. If you lay maintenance, it would mean, okay, with that, will the development overshadow my development next door? Yeah. Will that overlook at my back, back, uh, private yard? Yep. Um, and also on some amenity, what we're looking at is more, you know, do we have enough green space or backyard for the, for the participants right. to yep. access? Yep. So they will look to make sure there's enough amenity for the people to move in and then and enough amenity for the people living around the, this development. Yes. Yep. Yep. So not, not people aren't too crowded in, I suppose. Um, yes. Yep. Correct. Yep. So I guess from my perspective, um, because I'm uh, in terms of density requirements, do you ever talk to clients in terms of you know the number of participants which can be in an area, or is that something you would discuss with your clients? Yes, of course. And for medium size or subdivision or larger scale, medium to large scale development, yes. And particularly when the client is really passionate about the NDIS and want mm. to do the whole development, whole NDIS yeah. housing there. Um, yes, that conversation always, um, always there. Um, so there's regulations that we always recommend the clients to consider. It depends. There's some various factors that in determining the, the density requirements it depends on the overall development size by number yep. of bedrooms and yep. uh, it also depends on the size of dwellings that are going to be used as an NDA, SDA buildings um, and also the, div- the entire development is intentional community or not mm. so by yep. intentional community what I mean is that is this community is Dedicated or, or specialized, it's like clusters there. What yep. I mean is like yep. senior living, retirement village type of format. Um, it's a various factor, but if you want me to use a figure, say for example, is it's a 10 dwelling, 10 dwelling, uh, development complex mm. and assuming all of them are two bedrooms yeah. and we are looking at 15 participants for mm. in, an intentional community. And if it's not, intentional community and in this particular case it's still 15 <laughs> so but but it, maybe the number it just depends on um the ratio because if intentional community you can go up to 25 percent okay and yeah. or 15 which one's greater yeah. but if it's or if it's not part of an intentional community you only can go 15 percent or 15 dwelling 15 participants yep if all of them are two bedroom SDA dwellings. Yeah. Awesome. But if you use all three, three bedroom dwellings, that the ratio will be changed. Yes. Okay. So it okay. depends. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Cause I feel like a lot of people who might buy a block and then just want to put an NDIS property on it, they might not be aware of that. And that's something to consider. Um, obviously when we work with our builders doing specific builds which have been kind of pre-approved with the NDIS this land is going to be used for an NDIS property that's already done but if someone just says I'm going to build this on this block of land with an NDIS property they might not be aware of that so that's really good to know about yeah yeah I mean it's a benefit if you do as a like a smaller community together it's a Mm. pro and cons you don't want to make that just a 
people with special needs cluster exactly, there. Exactly. Exactly. People yeah. don't want to live in that. You want to make sure yeah. people have a good quality of life. Yep. So personally, I won't support. I don't support kind of like large yes. cluster here. Yep. Yep. But it's a benefit that if you create a smaller cluster where people can make friends within their little community. Yes. But also yep. you can have some facility share. For example, car parks. You yep. can share Excellent. some facilities yep. so that in that way you can reduce your development cost. So okay. the pro yep. and cons like. It depending how you look at it, but personally, I don't think the large cluster would be the way to go. No, I don't yes. think so. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Awesome. That's really good feedback. Um, so do you, do you kind of have a network of professionals that you work with when doing town planning, um, such as, you know, surveyors, architects, um, SDA assessors or, or whatnot? Yes, I do. Um, we do a range of town planning applications, not just the SD, SDA buildings. Um, yes, we do have a network of professionals who we work together and deliver the best results for the clients. But not only that, we also help the clients to build their capability and get ready for the next project. Right. So yeah. it is not about just this project. It's about how we set up it for the for the future for the good future right right yeah um so i think the, the project management or working with other consultants the key is to manage expectations of the clients yeah. council understanding the limit or the, the the boundaries that other consultants are working under under different reg- regulations yep um and we need to make sure we meet the SDA design standards. Assessor, SDA assessor is very key in this process because yep. if, if your, if the buildings do not meet SDA design standards, that building mm-hmm. won't be credited. Yes. Yep. As That's a, super or enrolled as a SDA building. Yep. So it is really important. Mm. So yeah, I suppose, um, when we're working with most of our builders, we make sure that our builders are credited being licensed as ndis builders for that reason um and i tell some, uh, people who you know inquiries that come in just to be aware of that just make sure that if you're going with a different builder you make sure that they are indeed licensed to be an ndis builder mm-hmm. that's super important yeah 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 so um i guess uh Delving into an SDA uh, product, um, what sort of challenges would investors or developers come across in terms of, say, social impact, um, that sort of thing in the community if they're doing a development um, that's SDA? I think the biggest challenging, the, the biggest challenges that we have seen is to switch the mindset from just making money mm. to, in the short term, to attracting and retaining people through the good designs. Yep. Um, how to do that? I think we, we often help the clients find out what's the most wanted SDA dwelling categories and type for the people with special needs. An understanding of the people's preference and needs is the key to the success at the first instant. Yep. Yep. And, and also we need to know what's the supply out there right now and what's mm. the proposed those dwellings are yet to be enrolled but in the pipeline um so i think that's one thing and secondly designs need to be flexible enough to allow with room for future improvement 
because people's awesome, requirements yeah. are changing. Yep, absolutely. Um, yep. And then you always compete with the newer SDA learnings. That's, yeah, that's so true. Yep. Yeah. So yep. and so you want to make sure you the, the, there's a wrong we can well the design need to be adaptable. Yes. Yep. In a long in a longer run. Yeah, so just so, to summarise, um, a design needs to be obviously in conjunction with the needs of participants. Yeah. Uh, I suppose marrying that up to the ROI needs of an investor. Yeah. In the short term, that, and that would revolve around making sure that um, a property is purpose-built for participants' um, multiple needs and uh, to make sure that it's a forever home uh, going forward. And making sure that it has long-term potential, that improvements can be made. Because we, we always encourage our our investors that if you're going to build this, make it so that it's something where you've maybe put a little bit of extra money into it for some further additions. Because that's obviously going to make it more, it's going to make it better for you because you're going to make more money as an investor. It's also going to make the lives better for participants. And if they're, if they're enjoying themselves, they're going to stay there longer. And that benefits everyone. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Matt. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, uh, my next question would be, I guess, I can't kind of goes along with that. In the event that you know, I, I guess things don't go that well in in the development process, what would be the risks of doing a uh, SDA property as opposed to a regular residential property? I suppose the the risk that would occur with a re- regular residential property, and then how would that be different in terms of risk for an SDA property? Um, if you any people they want to do SDA development, I think they are looking for long term passive cash flow. Yep. yep um, yeah. the risk in that is more about occupancy rate. How if you're proposing a, a a dwelling with three participants, you always can attract one or retain one. Yep. And that returns very low based on your mm. investment you put in at the capital investment. I'm yep. talking about. Um. So that is, um, the risk, the biggest risk in SDA building. But if you do the right thing, you choose the right product, and then you try to do the best to help the people to have a better life, mm. and with good design. And you can mitigate that risk yes. greatly. Yep. And for the normal residential development, that is, um, the risk for that is more the market fluctuate. You you are looking more build and, and sell. Yeah. You are not built so to lease kind of, kind of model. Side of things. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You need to be very switched on in your construction in your cost management. Yep. Not just construction, but overall the development management. Yes. Uh, yep. And that's a major risk, as I can see in the housing, normal housing, townhouse development, for example. Particularly in today's, I suppose, economic climate um, with all the fluctuations which are happening in the market and in people's expectations. Yeah. That's super important. And to summarise, so with the, I suppose what makes a SDA property different is you wouldn't be really looking at the capital gains too much. You'd be mostly focused on cash flow. Correct. So, and going back to what we were talking about, a way to re- uh, to mitigate uh, the changes to cash flow would be to make sure that your property is built uh, as best it can be to facilitate the needs of participants and, um, uh, as we mentioned earlier, to to 
the, have the ultimate goal of it being a forever home. Um, yeah. Mm. Um, so it's been great talking to you today. Hong, um, is there any final advice that you'd give for a landholder that's considering NDIS uh, investments or SDA projects? Yes, I think to thank you, Matt, for the discussion. That was very good. Um, I think the the key takeaway I would like to offer is make sure you choose the right product. Firstly, you need to make sure you you capture the gap in the market. Yep. And secondly, I think you need to use good architect with decent experience in NDIS. Yep. And and then you need to leave that kind of flexibility in mm. the building in the design yep. to be a to be a forever home. Yes. For the participants. So once you do that all, I think you are ready to go. Excellent. Excellent. Awesome. Thanks, Hong. No worries, Matt. Nice talking to you. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure that you are subscribed and following us so that you can keep in the loop with all of our upcoming episodes. We would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating, a written review, and to share this episode with those that can benefit. Until next time, catch you on the next episode.